book of Proverbs, chapter number 24, verse number 10. If you will, Brother Jason, I need some monitor up here. My throat's weak, so I need, need you to help me in the monitors. Next Sunday will be a family day. I encourage you to invite family and friends to come with you, and there'll be food uh, for lunch. And uh, there'll be stuff in the back of the church yard for our children. Proverbs chapter number 24. We're going to read from verse number 10. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. It's pretty simple, isn't it? If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. I want to preach to you this morning. Don't faint. Fight. Don't faint. Fight. Father, we thank you for the word of God this morning. We Humbly pray and ask and believe that you're going to touch us. God, that you'll anoint us. You'll enable us to preach. God, what you burdened upon my heart. You spoke this to my heart yesterday, and I, God wrestled with it through the night. Lord, I believe that I have the mind of God for your people today because you've given me, God, a burden for this message. And I pray, Lord God, you knew who would be here knew what we were up against, what we're fighting, what we're battling, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, maritally. You know, oh God, you've ordained this service for us. I pray that you'll touch us and help us around the altar this morning. You're able to do it exceeding abundantly above all that I can ask or even think according to the power that works in us. This morning, do it, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. If you love the Lord, would you say amen? amen? If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. The word faint there in our text in the Hebrews, the Hebrew word rafal, and it means to slack it, to slack up, to abate. That is to fade, to cease, to draw back, simply meaning to quit. You know, nowhere in this Bible are we told that we should quit. There are a few places, I would say there's nowhere that tells you that we should retreat, but that wouldn't be true. The Bible said that we should Flee fornication. You get in an area of temptation to where you feel like you're being tempted. The Bible said flee that. Run. <laughs> when Potiphar tried to, not when Potiphar's wife tried to get Joseph to lie in a bed of fornication with her. He's a teenage boy. And the opportunities there, and you know the 
desires there on her part, being a teenage boy, I can only imagine hormonally the temptation that he's battling and fighting within his own body. Having never been with a woman, the Bible said he fled. Somebody said he ran from Potiphar's wife. Brother Clendenin said, no, he's running from Joseph. Because if he don't get out of there, he's about to mess up. So I won't tell you the Bible never tells us uh, to flee or to retreat, but I can assure you the Bible never admonishes us to quit. Amen. Never admonishes us to quit. He said if you faint or if you draw back or grow slack or quit in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. The word adverse, uh, adversity there in the Hebrew is sarah, and it means uh, to be in straits, dire straits, to be in distress or to be in trouble. You know the Bible said in the last days that we would live in adverse times. The last day, perilous time, trouble-filled time. Times of adversity would come upon us. We're there. There are more devils being unleashed in the world seemingly like never before. We're marching toward the day of the, what the Bible calls great tribulation. We're not appointed under wrath. And I don't believe the church is going to be here during the great tribulation, but I'm telling you there are now many antichrists that are in the world. And the spirit of antichrist is already at work. During the great tribulation, the Bible says, that the Antichrist will be given power to wear out the saints. It'll be a time like no other time that's ever been before, and the Bible says will never be again. But if there are now many Antichrists in the world, and the spirit of Antichrist is already at work preparing the world for the Great Tribulation, you can rest assured uh, those spirits uh, are here to wear out, to try. The saints of God. We're at a time of a testing of our faith. Maybe like no other time in our nation's history. A nation founded upon biblical principles. Upon godly standards and convictions. Upon religious liberty. At no time like the present has Jesus Christ uh, has the Bible, the Word of God, ever been stamped out or excluded from our society, our educational system, our courtrooms, and our government as it is now? Right. Romans 1 said, And as much as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up to a reprobate mind. God's been stirring me about that. I'm going to preach. I don't know when, but I'm going to give, uh, uh, preach a message uh, on the give-ups of God. God gives up on some. I, listen, we're, we're being pressed upon by this world to not retain God in our knowledge. The Bible says that we should think on it, that we should muse on it, 
that we should meditate on it. But the world presses on us uh, to forget about it. Think about your trouble. Think about your problem. Think about how bad it is. That's all the news uh, is pitched to do. It's a government propaganda uh, media that tries to press you from every side. It's terrible. You're not going to be able to make it. All they, all they transmit is, uh, you know, the, the downturn of our economy, the, the troubled political arena of the world, war and strife, wars and rumors of war trying to get you to rely upon them. They're going to take care of us. They're going to help us out because they're so great and they're so powerful and they're so knowledgeable. I got my opinions on that, but I'm not going to preach about it this morning. <laughs> our strength, the strength of the child of God, said if, our, if we faint, if we decide during this time, during these perilous times, uh, to faint, to draw back, uh, to grow slack, uh, to give up or to quit, uh, that our strength uh, is small. I don't like to think about that because our strength is no small thing this morning. Our strength is our God. In Exodus 13 and 3, it reads, And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought you out from this place. The Lord said, don't you ever forget that by the strength of God, he brought you out of bondage. When Pharaoh would not let the people go, God brought them out against Pharaoh's wish, against Pharaoh's desire, and against Pharaoh's will. It's almost as if Pharaoh would say, over my dead body. Will you ever leave Egypt? Uh, you're going to be a servant unto us. Uh, you're going to do our bidding. Uh, you're in bondage to us and your children and your children's children. Uh, I ain't ever letting you go. And God said, fine then. It'll just have to be over your dead body. Because they're coming out, uh, like it or not. Uh, I'm going to bring them out. And he's telling them through Moses, don't ever forget, remember this day in which you came out from Egypt out of the house of bondage. Egypt's a type of the world. Pharaoh's a type of the devil. The bondage is a type of sin. And he said that brought you out of the house of bondage for by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. Leaven's a type of sin. This day came ye out in the month of Bib. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites. That's a, that's a spirit-filled victory. I came that you might have a life and have it more abundantly. The promised land don't represent heaven. The promised land represents God's promises are given, fulfilled in the heart of every child of God. There, there were enemies in the promised land that had to be driven out. Uh, there ain't no devils in heaven, I can tell you. 
There were battles that had to be won in the promised land, but battles that were assured to, for, for us to have the victory. There won't be no battles in heaven. Those battles will be won down here. So Canaan is a type of the promise of a spirit-filled life, the promise of the Holy Ghost to the believer. He said, tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Wait for the promise of the Father. He said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. That's spirit-filled. Him of the land of the Canaanites, the, Hitt the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee a land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month seven days. Thou shalt eat unleavened bread in the seventh day. Shall be a feast to the Lord, and leavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee, neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters, and thou shalt show thy son in that day saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me when I came forth out of Egypt. It shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand and for a memorial between thine eyes that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord hath brought thee out of Egypt. Thou shalt therefore keep this ordinance in a season from year to year. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites as he swear unto thee and unto thy fathers and shall give it thee that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, every firstling that cometh of a beast which thou hast, the male shall be the Lord's. And every firstling of an ass thou shalt redeem with a lamb. And if thou wilt not redeem it, then thou shalt break his neck, and all the firstborn of man among thy children shalt thou redeem. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in a time to come, saying, What is this? Why are we doing this? What does this mean? What does this stand for? Thou shalt say unto him, By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt from the house of bondage. It came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both firstborn of man and firstborn of beast. Therefore I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem. And it shall be for a token upon thine hand and frontlets between thine eyes. For by strength of hand, the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. Over and over and over again, he wanted to remind them, by strength of hand, I brought you out. I am your strength. No devil can stand before me. He said, tell it to your children. Tell it to your grandchildren. And don't ever forget it. Every ordinance he put into place, uh, the ordinance of unleavened bread, no sin in the house. Uh, he said, uh, I'm a sinless, spotless, uh, holy God, and you'll be holy because I'm holy. Don't forget that when your children uh, aren't allowed to eat leaven for that week, and they said, what is this? Uh, it's by the strength of my hand I delivered you from the bondage of sin, and you're a holy people because I'm a holy God, and only I can deliver from sin. Hallelujah. And then when they had to 
uh, uh, sacrifice every firstborn uh, of every animal born uh, and what wasn't sacrificed there the, 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 the firstborn of, a, of an ass. The ass was an unclean beast. Uh, he was to be redeemed with a lamb. Uh, and certainly God didn't expect them to sacrifice their firstborn child. Uh, they were to be redeemed uh, with a lamb. And when uh, that, that animal, that sacrifice was being given unto God uh, because of the firstborn, they said, what's this about? Why are we making this sacrifice? Because uh, when God brought us out uh, by strength of hand, everything that wasn't redeemed uh, died uh, of the firstborn, the firstborn of every animal and the firstborn of every male. Everything that wasn't bought and redeemed by the blood uh, died. Uh, I want you to remember the strength of the Son of God uh, to redeem you. Hallelujah. Only the ones that are bought by the blood of the Lamb uh, are going to enter into the city of God. I'm saved today by the strength of the Son of God. I'm behind this pulpit right now because of the strength of the Son of God. I'm standing today. I'm not backslid. I'm not defeated. I'm not six foot under in a grave because of the strength of the Son of God. If the devil would have killed me, he would have done it already. If the devil could stop the preaching of the word, he would have already done it. If the devil could shut the church down, it would be shut down. If the, if the devil could cause you to backslide and put you in hell, you'd be there today. You're here this morning because of the strength of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Listen, he went on to say, it shall come to pass, or and it came to pass, verse 17 there in Exodus 13, when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, let's peradventure the people repent when they see war. And they returned to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up hardest out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. Ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped and eat them in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. Uh, he took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Listen, he said he brought them out with his strength uh, and with his power. The power of God is our strength. It's strength unto us. He left them with a cloud by day and a fire by night. What did he do? He's leading them by his spirit. As many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God not only saved us by his strength, but he leads us and keeps us by that same strength and power. That's the Holy Ghost. Those ordinances were a sign unto their children that God did it and God continued to do it. And the Bible said that tongues, tongues are a sign to the unbeliever. 
and that when they walk in the house and there's dispensation of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit are present so they can say of a truth, God is in that place. They said when they came out of the upper room and they heard them, every man speak in their own tongue. The wonderful works of God, glorifying God. Every man spake in other tongues uh, as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Uh, they said, what meaneth this? Uh, it was a sign, amen, that God by his strong hand uh, has again through Jesus Christ uh, brought us out of the tyranny and the bondage of sin uh, and is going to lead us uh, into his abundance, uh, into his promise. Acts 1 and 8, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. In Zechariah 4 and 6, then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but it is by my spirit saith the Lord of hosts. He went on to say, Who art thou, O great mountain? Before, uh, before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain. He's telling that high priest, uh, you'll say to that mountain that, st that stands in front of you, God is fixing to lay you flat. Uh, he shall bring forth the headstone thereof with shouting, uh, crying, Grace, uh, grace unto it. Uh, amen. This is what he's saying. Uh, it's not going to be by your might, uh, by your power, but it's going to be by my spirit, uh, saith the Lord. It's going to be by my strong hand uh, that I give you the land uh, and every promise in it. Uh, he said, what is a mountain to God? I'm going to lay it waste. Uh, and he said, Zerubbabel's going to come carrying the headstone of that mountain. I looked up the headstone. It means the peak, uh, the top of it. God's going to lay it waste uh, and Zerubbabel's going to pick it up uh, and say, grace unto it. Uh, grace unto it. Uh, I'm here by the grace of God. I've climbed the summit uh, of the mountain. I'm standing on the mountaintop. Uh, whereas me and the devil's concerned, uh, I'm the king of the hill this morning. Uh, grace unto it. Uh, grace unto it. Uh, I'm saved by grace. Uh, my body's been healed by the same grace. Uh, I have the power of the Holy Ghost uh, by His grace. Jesus continues to be our strength. Philippians 4 and 12, I know both how to be abased and how to abound. I know how to be on the bottom and I know how to be on the top. I know how to be brought low and I know how to shout the victory. That's what he's saying. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry to abound and to suffer need. And he went on to say, I love this, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Hallelujah to God. If you, if you draw back, if you slack up, if you quit in the day of adversity, your strength is small. But the apostle stands saying, I've been down and I've been up. I've been full and I've been hungry. He said, 
but I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He said, I ain't going nowhere. I'm not backing down. I'm never going to quit. I'm going to serve God. And you hear him say, he said, I, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith, and henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, and not for me only, but unto all them that love us appearing. Not for me only, but for every man that will make Christ his strength. Not for me only, but for all those that are pressed toward the mark. Not to me only, but to every man that will let Christ be his strength. He's going to be crowned. A few weeks ago, I preached on Mark by fire. I preached that at camp meeting Friday night. Mercy to God, help us. It needs to be repeated. Some of you weren't here when I preached it. When fire scorches a tree, we have those prescribed burns to burn off the underbrush. It's needed. It makes for a healthy ecosystem. It, it's actually beneficial to a forest to have the prescribed burns. It keeps the forest healthy. Scientists discovered that when you, that when fire scorches the base of that tree, the tree floods the trunk of that tree. The tree itself is flooded with sap. And the sap is the life of the tree. The sap, if there's a wound in the tree, Fills the wound so that it don't rot. The sap, uh, when, when insects or, or pests uh, try to bore into that tree, if a powder post beetle bores into a pine and that pine is flooded with sap, uh, the sap bleeds over the beetle and just encases it in the tree. He dies in the tree lives. A woodpecker bores into a healthy tree Amen. That, that tree floods that wound with sap so that it doesn't die. The tree doesn't die. Amen. Listen, when the fire scorches that tree, it's flooded with sap, which protects the tree. Why is that significant? Psalms 104 and 16. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. The trees of the Lord are full of sap. Some of you may remember years ago, I preached a message on, on uh, entitled Beware of Sap Suckers. Uh, here in Alabama, we've got a little bird, uh, a yellow woodpecker, yellow-bellied uh, woodpecker. It's called a yellow-bellied sap sucker. That ain't your neighbor across the street uh, that you don't like. Uh, that's a little old bird that borns into that tree. He tries to bore all the way around that tree. He actually tries to girt the tree Make it bleed out uh, so that the tree will die. What he's really trying to do is get the tree to die so that it'll fill up with termites uh, and, and, and powder post beetles. Uh, he wants to eat the termite uh, and eat the beetle more so than he does uh, just concentrating on killing the tree. 
but the tree's full of sap. Uh, and, it, uh, and, and that's the life of it. Uh, if the devil can bleed the life of God out of you, if the devil can sap uh, all the strength of God out of you, he wants you to die. And an interesting study said every forester knows that if he sees an infestation of dead wood in his forest, dead trees, the yellow-bellied sapsuckers only nest in dead trees. So they go in and they cut all the death. All the dead trees are taken out in order that the forest might remain healthy and they have prescribed burns. The fire needs to burn in that forest to keep those trees full of sap so they'll stay alive. Scientists said now that we're so fire conscious, Smokey the Bear came along years ago. Only you can prevent forest fires. We've got too many houses, too many businesses, too many structures. Uh, we can't afford to have fires anymore. They won't allow fires anymore. And it's damaged the ecosystem. What used to be big, strong, healthy trees... Now it's full of briars and bramble and underbrush and just uh, scrub brush is what I call it. Uh, can't even walk through the woods. Uh, you'd be so tangled and knotted uh, in briar and bramble and underbrush. It's just an impossibility. It don't make for a healthy forest. Uh, the trees are not healthy. And scientists have taken the fire out of the ecosystem, has taken the resiliency out of the system. Fires help trees resist drought, insect outbreaks, uh, and other extreme fires uh, or weather conditions uh, that are that 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 are. It's beneficial to remove all the excess vegetation that helps the trees uh, live. I looked up the word. They said if you take fire out of it, uh, then it takes resiliency out of the forest. I looked up the word resiliency. It means the act of leaping or springing back. The act of coming back or rebounding. Amen. You take the fire of the Holy Ghost out of the church, the church will lack resiliency. Amen. The church will lose its ability to survive a drought, to survive a famine. Every church is going to go through its dry spell. Every church is going to have its seasons of famine where you don't feel the Lord, where it seems like he's a million miles away, where it seems like somebody hasn't got saved or healed or healed in a while. But if you let that Holy Ghost burn in you, you'll survive the drought. The famine won't kill you. You'll spring back. You'll bounce back. Hallelujah to God. Hard times don't last. Hard times don't make up our existence or our testimony. At the end of this road, we're going to tell our children this was a blessed way. This was a blessed life. I knew joy. I knew victory. I knew healing. I knew power. How? By the strength of the hand of God. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost will give us resiliency from drought, from pest, from overgrowth of vegetation around us. You know, the, you don't ever let the Holy Ghost burn. They said all that junk that don't belong, all them briars and all them vines and all them weeds and all the undergrowth and 
All that stuff kind of choke the life out of a healthy forest. Won't a whole lot live in that kind of environment either. I want to tell you, if we don't ever let the fire of the Holy Ghost burn in these altars, burn in that pulpit, burn in our choir, and burn in our home. Hey, that fire keeps this environment healthy. There's some things that don't belong in the church. There's some things that don't belong in your home. There's some things that don't belong in your heart. And that is what fire does. It cleanses it, purges it, purifies it, so that what should be there will live. Holy Ghost is our power and our strength from God to bounce back this morning from hurt, from distress, and from defeat. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Ghost is our power. He is our strength from God. To bounce back, to leap back up from hurt, from distress, and from defeat. I'm tired of seeing the devil defeat people. I'm tired of seeing the devil trying to destroy the ministry, trying to destroy churches, trying to destroy marriages, trying to destroy families, and trying to destroy our nation. The thief, the thief, the enemy, cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I am come that you'll recover. I'm come that you'll leap back. I'm come that you'll stay alive. I'm, I've come that you'll rebound from the fall. You'll, you'll make it through your distresses. You'll come back again out of the ashes of ruin. Out of the, out of the ruin of the scrap heap of humanity will arise a church full of the Holy Ghost that will prevail. I am your strength, saith the Lord. I have come to give unto you my victory and my joy that it might be unto you as your strength. There's no weapon formed against you that I will allow to prosper, saith the Lord. For I cannot be defeated. I am the Almighty. All power belongs to me. And that power I have shown that I have put upon display in the person of my son. That power have I baptized you with in the person of my Holy Spirit, saith God. 
Ye shall not be defeated. Ye shall live and not die. Ye shall show forth the praises of him who has brought you out of darkness, placed you into the marvelous light. I am God Almighty. I look to no one for help. I am your victory. I am your promise. In me ye shall live. In me ye shall be resilient, saith the Lord. In me the enemy shall never defeat you. I am your God, saith the Lord. God spoke to me in prayer. He said, today, you're suffering with sickness in your body. He's your strength to be healed. God said today, those that battle distress and anxiety of your heart and mind, he is your strength to come through it with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And God said to me, you have suffered defeat and you lie in the ashes of ruin like David did in Ziklag. He said, I am your strength to recover all. Sister Murphy told me she needs a miracle in her body today. A miracle. Come here with pain but didn't want to stay at home. I need to be in the house of God. I believe God's going to give her a miracle. There's more than her. There's somebody here that God had a message for you today. And it's if you quit now, your strength will small. If you faint in your day of adversity, your strength will small. I look that word small up. That means a small pebble. Zerubbabel said to the mountain, who are you to stand before me? This mountain is going to be removed. Hallelujah. The devil looks at Zerubbabel and says, your strength's like a small little old pebble. And I'm this big old mountain. Zerubbabel said, you're right, old boy. I got a, my strength and my power is about the size of a pebble, but it's not by might nor by power. It's by my spirit. Save the Lord. And when God gets through with you, I'm going to hold the peak of the mountain in my hand. And I'm going to cry, Grace to it! Grace to it! Hallelujah. There ain't going to be nothing you do on your own. It's going to be the grace of God. The strong arm of God that picks you up this morning and does a work in your heart and in your life. Sinners can't get themselves saved. The Lord saves them. Amen. Those that are bound by sin can't get free on their own. It's the Lord that delivers them. Those that are defeated 
can't just uh, work up victory. You can't work up joy in your own heart. Uh, it's the Lord that gives it to you. I feel Jesus in this place. If you're able, stand with me all over this building. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, don't faint. Fight. How do I do that? Fight through the adversity this morning. Fight through the pain. Fight through the ashes and the ruins of your defeat. Call upon the name of the Lord. Dare to believe God's promise. Amen. Dare to trust him who's never told a lie and who's never lost a battle. Hallelujah. And believe him that he's able this morning to do what you can't do. Will you meet me in this altar? You let the Lord help you this morning. Hallelujah. Come on.